This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Hey everyone, it's Ashley Taylor, and I'm excited to introduce you to this week's Clubhouse edition of the podcast. This week, Kevin and I spoke with Siobhan Jones, who is a wig artisan and designed the wigs used at the 2021 Portrait Masters Shootout. She also created wigs for many photographers in our community, including Sarai Taylor-Roman. In our chat, we talked with Siobhan about why photographers might wanna consider adding wigs to their studio to elevate their work, the logistics and how-tos of working with wigs if you are a beginner, and the process of collaborating with a wig maker to achieve your aesthetic vision. It was a really great episode, and we can't wait for you to listen. So let's get started. Welcome, everyone, to the Portrait System Podcast Clubhouse Edition. My name is Kevin Conde, and I'm here with my co-host, Ashley Taylor. If you are not familiar with the portrait system, we are a portrait photography podcast that is powered by Sue Bryce. Nikki Klosser hosts our Monday episodes, and Ashley and I co-host our Clubhouse edition, which is live here on the Clubhouse app every Friday at noon Pacific. And then our episodes are released on Thursdays. You can tune in on your favorite podcast app by searching for The Portrait System. Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's been a week of recovery since WPPI. I don't know if anyone feels me on that. No, but... I, I feel it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I really you were there the whole time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, I was jumping three time zones. So it's a big like sleep adjustment. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't even have it that hard. So I should really stop whining. Um, stop no, yeah. no, don't, not to invalidate you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm so excited to be here and back on schedule. And I'm so excited that our guest is Siobhan Jones, who is a wig maker. And many of you may know her from the Portrait Master Shootout, where she helped do wigs styling and from uh, all her amazing work with Sarai Taylor Roman. Um, 
But I just want to say before we jump into the interview that for the first 30 minutes, Kevin and I will interview Siobhan and then we love to open it up to the live audience for questions. So if you come up with a question early, just jot it down in advance. And when the time comes to ask your question, you just want to go ahead and hit that hand icon in the lower right hand part of your screen so that we know you want to ask a question and we can bring you up on stage. Thank you, Ashley, and welcome to the podcast, Siobhan. Thank you. So cool to be here. This is my first time doing this on Clubhouse, so it's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley and I wanted to have uh, a talk with you to talk about your process and the types of props that can help in a photo shoot. Because as photographers, it's important that we network with other artists and have a symbiotic relationship where we can help each other as business owners. Um, But before we get into that process, let's talk about how you got to this point. So Ashley pointed out that we know you through Sarai Taylor Roman and Mm -hmm. being with, uh, I believe, on one of Sue's lives. Prior to working with Sarai, were you already making these elaborate wigs and uh for other photographers um i was already making these elaborate wigs but um sarai was really the first photographer um that i worked with um where it wasn't a part of like a theatrical production and we were doing like um you know uh, promo shoots and stuff like that. So yeah, this, she was the first one who kind of introduced me into your guys' world. Um, I had no idea that your world existed. And <laughs> when I met, <laughs> I just knew about promo shoots for like video productions and, and stuff like that. And um, yeah, so when I met her, I was like, really this is a thing. And she's like, Oh yeah. And I mean, she was not lying. It has been so incredible to like get to know this world and be welcomed like with open arms into this world it's been awesome yeah well I oh sorry (laughs) I was was just gonna say like I think too um I've been you know in this portrait system community for a long time and I remember like years and years ago when Sue was first starting and it was you know Sue Brace education back then and um, she had even like this Marie Antoinette style shoot and she hacked a wig herself. So like this community has been talking about wigs and how to either find someone to collaborate or how to even like hack a wig yourself as an artist. And for me, that's always been really hard because I'm, I'm not really a lover of crafting the way some people in our community are. Um, so I was just wondering, like, do you have any tips for for people starting out when they're finding someone like you to collaborate with? Like, what is the best process? Like, is it straight up buying a wig? Is there a way to collaborate where it's like mutually beneficial if someone needs wig, you know, photos of their work for their portfolio? Well, there, I mean, it could go in so many directions. Okay. Um, I am always open if somebody is not at a point where, you know, they're like, you know, I'm just not ready to buy a wig. It's not an investment. I'm, um, you know, ready to make. I will always sit down with somebody and troubleshoot with them and give them ideas on ways they can do it themselves and walk Mm -hmm. them through it and and give them more, um, you know, something that might fit into uh their expert, their skill level and their financial budget. So like, there's always that as an option. I'd never mind to do that. I love helping people out. 
Um, also, <clears throat> if somebody's like, you know, I need, I have this certain budget that I need to stay within, um, but they also don't really love crafting and don't want to go down that path, you know, I can tell, let anybody know, like, okay, well, this is your budget. This is what I can do within that budget. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so it, there, there's many avenues we can take. It's always about having the conversation. And um, I'm pretty straightforward about, you know, what I'm willing to do, what I'm willing to help you with. And, you know, just, just trying to like work together as artists in any way we can, you know. Now, when you recommend potentially something to someone else where they could potentially be crafty themselves, are they going to some hair salt, some hair wig? <laughs> so where, where, where are you sending people to potentially? Sorry, I don't know. Kevin doesn't have, even have the words. <laughs> <laughs> I have okay. absolutely no clue on that. Yeah, no, um, I, I would normally probably send people to like some of the online stores that I like to use. Um, I have a lot of stores. I, I have like a wide array of places that I go to buy a lot of my supplies. And some of them are for only licensed professionals. Um, so I definitely wouldn't send them there. Um, and then there are some that like it would be way too overwhelming for somebody who just is brand new to the world. So I, I know like my beginner level. I mean, there's so much on Amazon that you can get. Um, so like I know my be beginner level, like, like, okay, these are the things you can do at Hobby Lobby. These are the things you can get at Amazon, you know, things like that. So. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because it's funny. Uh, I'm planning a creative shoot right now, but uh, like the model has really short hair and I wanted to do this like cool ponytail. So like last night I was on Amazon just looking for <laughs> a cheap ponytail like wig extension you know so yeah do you do because all the wigs I've seen you do they're very you know elaborate beautiful art pieces in mm -hmm. themselves but like is a nice beginner level something like an extension a ponytail of the there's fake bangs there's um the drawstring like I had a client actually bring um like a drawstring thing that kind of went uh -huh. over a little bun that she made in her hair. And then she had this like beautiful uh -huh. curls, um, things like that. Like, yeah, your thoughts. I, yeah, I think that can definitely be um, at beginner level. Um, if you're somebody who's good at following directions mm -hmm. um, and then, yes, I think there's so many helpful tutorials on YouTube for, some of those kind of things that, yes, I absolutely think those could be um, for somebody who's never even touched hair before. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. The, the cool thing, the cool thing of, um, about you guys is you have so much, not that you want to spend a ton of time in post with Photoshop and stuff, but there's a lot of room for error for, for those that are, you know, doing some of these hacks well, I don't want to call them hacks, but newer, newer crafty skills that um, might not be so seamless um, that they can can fix some of that in post. So there, there is a little bit of room for error there. So like a cheaper wig, for example, but not like a, a extension piece, but like a true wig that would like cover the mm -hmm. hair. Those can sometimes be fixed in post-production to look like a more natural hairline. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, I have seen where people have done, I mean, like, some of the stuff I've seen that Sue has, and even that Sarai did before I met her, like, 
she definitely had to fix the hairline in um, post for it to not look, you know, for it to like look like a little more natural. And what ends up happening is that you, she just kind of like blurs that line. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can happen. I mean, like that's, that's one of the, well, there's many differences, but that's like probably like one of the biggest difference be- differences between my wigs and like something like that is, you know, all my wigs are hand tied in the front, meaning they, you know, my goal is to make it look like it's growing out of their head. And mm-hmm. so that way it takes away from some of that post work. So can you educate us? Is that technically called like a lace front wig? What does that term Uh lace front wig mean? How do you actually get it to lay flat like it's Uh uh, growing out of someone's head? Like, what is that? Like, how do people install one of these wigs? (laughs) Yeah, well, okay, it's pretty easy. And if anybody buys one from me, I send a tutorial on how to um put it on and uh, install or get it to stay. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's, there's plenty of options. Like some people just have like really great shaped heads and you put the wig on them and it lays perfectly and you don't have to do anything other than pin it in place. So it doesn't fall off. Um, And then there's some who, you know, they're the lace doesn't lay as flat. So you have to use like a little bit of hairspray and a hair, uh, a blow dryer just to kind of be kind of like, you know, uh, adhere it to the skin and then Mm -hmm. I have had um, a model that she had a very skinny forehead she had a more narrow face and I could not get the lace to lay flat on her at all there was nothing I did that would get the lace the lace it just had this one area that kept buckling and and everybody just had to go into it knowing like this is a this is the spot that in post you're gonna have to do a little bit too but the majority of it was good you know so like Mm -hmm. it it is a little bit tricky in that way I I was gonna say thank god (laughs) uh, (laughs) because the fact that you send like information of how to uh, for someone to put it on properly, because I myself, I've n- I've never dealt with a wig. I've never touched a wig. I've Kevin, you don't wear it. wigs. I already have glorious hair, so there's no need for me to put one on. Oh, I thought that was that's, a wig, that's Kevin. True. <laughs> <laughs> so I was wondering. That's one of the questions I was going to ask you: is just do you have videos, YouTube videos, or is, is it just written instructions that you send to someone? So I do a video. I do. So I have a couple of like already made videos um, that are apply to like pretty much anybody who's working with a wig. And then I always send a special video that's like with their wig specific, specifically showing how I handle it, how I like do a few touch ups because it is hair. So like, what do you do with flyaways? What do you do if like a hair gets out of place? Like a few things like that and um, how I handle it, um, how to get it out of the box, how to put it back in the box, like things like that. Just so because I I understand that you most of you have never ever worked with wigs and even even if you guys are working with hairstylists a lot of times they still have never worked with wigs so I'm going into this like knowing like these people have not worked with wigs it's beneficial to me and you that you have a successful journey um, into wigs because if you don't you're never gonna want one again you know so yeah (laughs) that's really cool actually because I was wondering like how what happens if like you know I would imagine because I've seen how elaborate your wigs are that shipping it 
like maybe something could go wrong. I mean, I'm sure you packed them really great, but like, yeah, I, you know, it, like how does that work? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, just, like, yeah. Sorry, I was just gonna say, even just like owning or having it in your studio, like over time, if it's sitting there, like maybe it, I don't know, gets dusty or like I don't know. How do you just care for these things and ship them? <laughs> Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so, you know, there's, there's always, you never know what's going to happen in shipping, but I will say I do whatever I can, um, to make sure that I've covered all the bases. So I actually, um, so all the wigs come in on a styrofoam head and I, um, have this process where I basically glue this styrofoam head down to the bottom of the box Oh, wow. So that way, it, well, I don't glue it. I have like these zip ties that go through the bottom and like tie off and it makes it to where that styrofoam head is like this centerpiece. And when I put the wig on it, it's the, I pin the wig to the head and then I have like the, um, the bubble, like the, the big air, not like bubble wrap, but the, you know, the things that come in the Amazon boxes. Oh, the big air cushion pouches. Yeah. Air cushion. Yeah. Those, um, all around it. So like, it should, I have yet, I've been doing this for a while and I have yet to have one knock on any wood that's around me. I've yet to have one, you know, not make it safely, but that's also why I send a video on how to get it out of the box because, <laughs> because that's where I feel like the biggest like room for error would happen is because it is like, you know, placed in this box in a way that it doesn't just lift out. Um mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then as far as storing it, like as long as it's not a, you're not in it, you're in a controlled environment as far as climate and it's not really humid, they shouldn't, they should be completely fine. Like nothing is going to happen to them at all. Um, and then I also send a piece of sheer material that I recommend you always have sitting on it so that dust can't settle on it. Oh, Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So I, I try to cover all the bases for you. So that way, because I know you guys don't know this thing, these things, you know, and, and, you know, when you get it, you don't want to have to go out and, you know, look for these things and purchase them. So I just send them with it. Yeah. And like, I mean, this is funny, but like one of my main points of like wig reference is Moira Rose on <laughs> the Creek. And um, she has the wig wall. And so like um, yes. one of my friends and I like joke that we want to like become Moira Rose and we're like, we're going to install wig, wall <laughs> wig walls. I love that. <laughs> I feel like, like one of my favorite shows. That's so funny. <laughs> but I feel like your wigs wouldn't like work on Moira Rose's wig wall because they're so well the ones that I've seen I guess I would say mm -hmm. are so structured yeah yeah my style tends to be more sculptural like I I love you know things that look more like like a, a piece of art and I have made wigs that are more um you know, like long flowy hair with like a, a um, flower crown and, and I can do those. And those would, those would work on a, on a wig wall. So you would, you know, if that was your goal, we would just have to always make <laughs> you long flowy wigs so <laughs> or funny. short flowy wigs, whichever. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> so, what, you Kevin? brought up uh, moisture and I would assume humidity. Uh, yes. What would that do? to the wig is it are you using natural hair where it could potentially get frizzy or is this all synthetic or yeah yeah so um 
the unless unless a photographer requests human hair, it's usually going to be synthetic hair. Um, and moisture. So for some for a wig that's like long and flowy, moisture can just like take out the curl. Um, so it would just like make it a little more limp. It might still be beautiful. So it might not be as big of a, a, a deal unless you just really want it to hold those like curls, uh, loose curls, tight curls, any kind of curl. Um, as far as like the sculptural pieces, it shouldn't do much to them, but there is the adhesives that I use in those. It tends to be like a really stronghold hairspray. So when hairspray gets like moist, you know, it kind of can get sticky. It can, um, the, the hairspray that's like holding pieces together, like once that gets loose and sticky, it could start to let go of the, um, the style. So, mm-hmm. but I would think I honestly, like it would have to be really humid for that to start to happen. Like if you are just in, you know, a normal climated like studio it's going to be totally fine. It's not like if you live in Florida where it's a hundred percent humidity in the summertime, but your wigs in the studio, it's still going to be fine. It's more of like if your wig is sitting in a storage unit in Florida and there's no climate control, it's probably not going to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, while you're on the topic of your style, I, I, one thing I love about your wigs is that a lot of them have like a little story in them. Like you have that blue kind of Rococo wig and it has like a ship on top, but it looks like it's like a ship in a stormy sea. Or then at the, um, portrait master shootout, you had this kind of like, I don't know if it was like Maleficent or what you might call it, but it was like horns and mask. And then, um, (laughs) I saw that this wig was at Portrait Masters and also Sarai won an award at um, WPPI with an image with like a wig that almost looked like um, like it was red hair and she had like little deer ears or something coming yeah. out of the wig. So can you tell us like a little bit about how you come up with these story wigs? Like how do you come up yeah. with stories for your wigs? Yeah, well, it, it- it's so when Sarai and I have done work together so like the red one specifically what you were talking about she knew she wanted to enter into that specific category so that I think the category was wild um so that's that's pretty much what she told me she was like I want something wild and so I was like okay how can I represent wild in hair um so that was like how that one was developed but say like the ship wig um the Rococo wig like I've that's always been like my favorite hair era. And, um, you know, my business is called the mighty wig. And when I came up with that, um, name, I just immediately imagined this like, like ship in this like big Rococo wig looking like it was like just tearing through the sea. And I, at one point wanted to write like the mighty wig on that ship and decided not to, because I knew it was going to be in like photo shoots and stuff like that. But like, that was kind of like where my mind had gone, you know, and I, when I named my business and had always wanted to create a wig that looked like that. So that was the inspiration with that one. Um, So yeah, it can, it can either be, either be inspiration that came from like something like a theater like for example like you know me working in theater I've done a lot of Shakespeare um, all over Mm -hmm. the country and so I'm really inspired by a lot of those like 
um, historical characters. And when you work in Shakespeare theater, you know, everything is more, it's beautiful hairstyles, but they're very like for the stage, they're more realistic. So I always knew that I was going to take some of my favorite styles that I used to do for the stage and just exaggerate them into this like unrealistic character. <laughs> That's really cool. What do you like? Yeah. One thing I have a question about too, with the, the wigs that are so particular with a story is like if I as a photographer owned one of those wigs how could I like then keep reinventing that story if that makes sense like to make it work with different clients or different styling is that just like is that just up to me because some of them just seem like so specific you know what I'm saying yeah we work together in creating um you know new concepts with it so like if say I make you like that, let's just keep using the ship wig. Um, mm -hmm. for example, as an example, like say you own that wig and you're like, you know, I've done enough with this. I want to change it up. How can we do that? You can one, either send it back to me and I can kind of like add things to it, or I can create some like say I created some extensions that you could clip in and then now it's going to have this like long piece that comes over the shoulder with these like beautiful sausage curls that are the same color as the wig or, or maybe we, you know, took the ship off and like changed it to something else, you know, that fit like maybe a crown, you know, mm -hmm. cause like right now we're seeing it as like the, the mighty sea and the ship, but it doesn't have to be that, you know, it's multi multiple colors of blue. And once you take that ship off, you don't have to see it as the ocean anymore. You could see it as like, just this like, you know, Royal woman that needs to have a crown that's coming off the side or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, it could go in so many directions. I mean, we could stick a Christmas tree on there if we wanted to. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I was thinking about the idea of, like, if you had, like, modular wigs where you can just basically have pieces that you can just, oh, let me pull that off. Let me just stick this new color or this new kind of hairstyle mm -hmm. onto this base wig and then kind of <laughs> fill it in or make it large because – if I recall, you told us on stage at WPPI that you're able to add to make a uh, a wig. What's the word? Uh, volumin voluminous? Like, like fill it out and make it larger. Oh, voluminous. Oh, yeah, yeah, voluminous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We can definitely. I mean, it depends on what the the you know what wig we're starting with a, a lot could do this and especially if I know going into it okay I need to build this to where it has the this ability to have add-ons um then you know I'm going into it with that and I'm going to create those add-ons as I go um if you already have a wig and you contact me like you know a little while later then and, you know we can kind of like think about it as we go like what can we do to change this um, without having to create a whole new wig. Um, so there, there, the possibilities are endless. Like there's, there's no, I'm never going to just be like, nope, can't be done. You know what I mean? I'm going to like put on, you know, go into my brain and be like, all right, <laughs> how can we do this? Because I want you guys to, to love your wigs. I don't want you to get tired of them, you know, and I, I want you to love them the same way I do, you know, like I, I have a, even after I sell them, like 
there I still I still like see them whenever you guys post pictures and I like my heart just like flutters and I love them so much and I love seeing them used and I love seeing people love them so like I'm gonna do whatever I can to keep that going you know (laughs) (laughs) um so one thing I was wondering is like with the process of like, okay, someone's listening to this or they've seen your work or whatever, and they're like, okay, I'm ready to invest in a wig. And then do you, are they like looking through an inventory that you already have? Or is it a custom, completely custom piece that they're just like, this is my vibe. This is my style. This is what I'm thinking. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. If if I have an inventory, like when I came to the I think I brought nine wigs. So at that point, I had a pretty big inventory. Um, And so a lot of people bought those wigs as an inventory. But then, you know, I had some people who approached me that like none of the wigs I had there were fitting what they wanted to what uh, the vision that they had. And Mm -hmm. so when I came home, I created there were several people that I created custom wigs for um, because they had a specific photo shoot in mind so it could go either way you know like right now my my inventory is pretty low um I you know had to do my other I do real life wigs also so I have been focusing on that part of my business for the last month just working with women with hair loss so my inventory is a little depleted but I'm actually getting ready to start creating again to like build that inventory back up and when that happens you know people will be able to um shop that inventory and and even right now just because I'm focusing on that part of my business then I I still have people contacting me about custom wigs and I'm like yep let's do it (laughs) oh cool so So, yeah so like are do people ever like look at the past styles that you've done and just say like I want this wig can you just do it again Uh okay yep yep I have definitely I've done that three times now (laughs) (laughs) that's cool (laughs) yeah yeah Um, there's a blue Rococo wig, which is actually like the wig that got me into the industry where I didn't even know I was trying to get into, but (laughs) I had post, it's this like blue Rococo wig. Um, and it's like longer, you would have to look on my Instagram to, to see which one I'm talking about. It's like way back in the, in the feed, but, um, Sarai actually found that one, saw that on Instagram and that's how she contacted me and we ended up eating uh meeting up together and eating lunch and and like that was the beginning of it all so that wig I've sold three times now oh, wow <laughs> yeah it's like a very popular one <laughs> for people like me can you what exactly is a rococo wig I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, that's a great question. So Rococo is like an era in time. Um, it's like the Victorian era. Mm, okay. Yeah. Like so I think Rococo. Yes. Yeah. I think it's it's specific to like um like a French the French style of that of the Victorian era. I think Victorian is more for like English. I could be totally like off on this, but I think when you think of Victorian it's more towards like the British. And when you think of Rococo, it's more towards the French and they, but they both were around the same time. Mm, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to be sure of, of, of definition. Because <laughs> I, I'm sure there's some listener, at least, at least one. <laughs> they definitely, 
<laughs> what the heck is a rococo wig? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I could throw some more terms that out out at you if you want. Yeah, that's ex- <laughs> I was that's where I was going next. If there are any other words or things that people should know when they're talking to you, uh, so they know what to request or what to even look for. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, I think when most people know, like have a photo shoot in mind. Generally, they have an idea and. I think a good place to start is like what era, if we're even talking about a historical era, um, you know, what era in time are we talking about trying to recreate? Because most, I mean, all eras had like a specific style, just like the Rococo era. Um, So there's that. And then if there's no era in time, like we're going to go completely fictional, like, uh, Ashley pointed out the Maleficent, you know, I don't think there was a time where women just walked around <laughs> with horns. Maybe there was, maybe in like Greek mythology, <laughs> but like, just go like, what's the theme, you know, like um, 1920s, Rococo, pinup, um, fantasy, Maleficent, uh, Disney, you know, princess, like just coming up with these, these like theme words because that's where like the the initial like okay this is this is going to get my creative juices flowing cuz i'm going to start thinking in that direction if that makes sense but i've also had somebody i just worked with somebody not that long ago she just sent me a picture of a dress it was like oh, i want cool. something that fits this and i was like cool and you know i was able to run with it because for, you know for me i saw that dress and and those kind of words started you know i thought antique you know old fashioned um, you know, Southern. So like, you know, and so we, we traded photos back and forth until we finally set, like finally started to come to a similar style so that I could, you know, really envision where she was trying to go with this dress because it, you know, to me, it looked like an antique dress. And for her, it was like this high, like high fashion antique, you know? So like, Mm. Um, so we just had to keep communicating until we came to the place where it was like, okay, now I'm on the same page as you. And, and then along the way I sent pictures like, Hey, this is where we're going with this. And along the way she gave me feedback. So it was a really cool collaboration. Oh, cool. Yeah. What advantage do you think there is for photographers to start playing in the realm of like, experimenting with wig, you know, beyond just working with a hairstylist, but experimenting with wigs and adding that to their repertoire. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, if you're wanting to like expand, um, your, like your portrait portfolio and just show that you have a little, that there's more range than just like, you know, probably what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I know for Sarai, it really, one of her big reasons for reaching out to me was because she, she felt like she was getting to the point to where she wanted to step up um, what she was entering into competitions. Cause most people who know Sarai know that she's like, you know, won a ton of uh, awards and like, that's like one of her big goals in her business. And, and just like her as like a creative is that she loves winning competitions and entering competitions. And I think like, you know, wigs just gave her that edge 
that like extra step up um and and also helped her like create new characters so like it's it's that and I mean I think just like getting those creative juices flowing because once you start adding things in that you've never worked with before and you have never really seen through your own lens and um you know worked with in in post to like add uh, different elements to it like you don't really know what you're capable of until you start stepping outside of your box and I think like wigs are a great way to step outside of that that box and adding things in yeah that's um, so true yeah, they, 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 yeah and they 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 complement wardrobe well because I know most portrait photographers have a pretty good wardrobe that they've invested in and and you know it, that's another thing like you know, you guys have asked a couple of times, like, you know, how do we change up uh, the wigs to, you know, photo them multiple times, but think about it in the way you do it with wardrobe too, you know, so adding mm-hmm. a wig to your wardrobe or different wardrobe pieces to wigs is going to completely change the vibe and the message that you're sending in your portrait and your photo. Yeah, I love that. We do have Michael Padilla, my friend, (laughs) here, ready to ask a question. So, Michael, if you want to unmute yourself. Hello, Ashley, Kevin, and Siobhan. Hi. I met you at um, the Portrait Master Shootout, and I love you. We had a great conversation there. I'm sad I missed you. Yes. But I had two questions, because Ashley has been asking all the questions I've been thinking of. Oh. So the first one would be, do you ever rent your wigs? And the second one would be, like, if I were to contact you to create a custom piece, how long does it typically take for you to to get that finished? Yeah. Okay. First question, as far as rental goes, this is a very common question. Um, I, so far, I've done rentals um, with people Uh, that have been like closer to um, where I live because I haven't felt comfortable with like just letting a wig go and, and um, without me going to it or Mm -hmm. with it, sorry. Um, So like when I've rented around here, it's been like, you get me and the wig, you know? So um, I come in and, and um, work with it. So, but I am getting to the place where I'm like, okay, this is a question I keep getting asked. I need to create, some pieces um, that this will work for. And when I say that, I mean pieces that are just like, I know for sure that you're going to be able to um, work with it and send it back to me in, you know, the same condition to where I'm not having to like completely restyle it. Um, Not to say that, you know, you guys couldn't do that. And I, so yes, I'm going to, (laughs) the simple answer is yes, I'm going to get to that point. I think like here, I've had to get to a point to where I'm not feeling like attachment to them. (laughs) If that makes sense. Um, Um, So (laughs) um so and I I think you know the last couple year I guess that I've been working with um photographers it's been shown to me like okay Siobhan you've got to get past that this is about you um and not anybody's ability so yeah I'm gonna get to that and then um as far as how long it takes to do a custom that is a tricky question because it depends on what I'm doing um, if I'm doing something a little more simple, um, say like a, a pinup or like a 1920s, something that's not going to cr- 
require me to create like a wig cage where I'm creating these like giant sculptures. I can usually get that out and like, say four to six weeks, depending on what I what kind of things I already have going on. Um, when we're talking about some of the bigger sculptural pieces, um, like the Marie Antoinette or the ship wig, or if any of you've seen my big yellow heart wig, um, those probably are going to be more around eight to 10 weeks. Mm. But I always will let you know when you reach out to me, um, you know, what kind of time frame I'm looking at. And if you have a time frame that you're trying to get it within, um, I'll do what I can to work within that time frame. And I'll tell you, you know, what I know I'm capable of doing in a specific time frame. Awesome. And you know what? Your first answer kind of raised another question. Um, yeah, go for so it. I was thinking like, as, as I'm starting to do like a, um, a personal uh, project, um, and getting that started, like, would it be more cost effective or smart? Because I didn't realize that, you, just, you know, you would come out to some of them, especially the ones that are closer, but because I'm from Vegas. So would it be more cost yeah. effective to be like, let me just fly you out here with some wigs so that way I can work with multiple people and, you know, doing a scene or whatever, kind of like theater or something like that. But yeah, for, for portraits, would that be more cost effective? Um, it, it, it could be. Yes, it would depend on. um it would depend on how many wigs I were bringing and how big they were. Um, so I, when I fly with the wigs, um, if they're bigger, you know, it just, it means more luggage checking, um, checking more luggage. Um, so yeah, it, it would, it would just kind of depend, but I think that, you know, it could be, and we could talk about that and we can talk about, um, you know, what fits it, what fits in with, you know, what budget you're trying to stay within. Perfect. Thank you very much. And thank you, Ashley. Yeah. I'm thanks, done. Michael. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Michael. It's good to, good to talk to you. I really hated missing you at WPPI. <laughs> I know I saw him for a brief, a brief moment at WPPI, but it wasn't enough. So thanks, Michael. <laughs> um, so, Siobhan, that when Michael was asking a question, it kind of brought up another question for me, which we had talked a little bit about how you send a tutorial on how to install the hair and everything. So maybe this is just covered in that. But do the models have to like have their their real hair like braided down in some special way to like fit? Under the wig, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you yeah. use your hair to go under a wig? Yeah, so it, that's a great question. So, um, so there, there's multiple ways. I do send a tutorial on wig prep, um, and it, it can depend on, you know, how much hair and the model has. Um, most of the time, I usually recommend doing, like, some kind of pin curls, um, because the, those are really great anchors to pin the wig in with. Um, mm. So now I have had um, this, and this only works for photography. This would have, would have been um, a nightmare for theater, but I had a model show up um, and she had like dreadlocks down to her butt. And I was like, these are never going to fit under a wig. <laughs> The good thing about photography is, you know, you can hide things behind. So we just pulled her hair into a low ponytail and we were able to, um, you know, fit the wig over uh, mm. the dreadlocks. It did kind of have still have a little bit of um, lift. So 
I, at that point, had extra hair with me and just kind of whipped some little braids to add um, in the areas where it didn't look right. And so we were able to save it and it was totally fine. And then we wanted to do some more shooting with her and make it uh, like add some variation. And I ended up just using her bre- her dreads in with the wig. Um, so it actually, cool. and luckily her dread, you know, the wig was um, like black and her, her hair was black. So, so it was easy to incorporate that. If the wig had been like pink, <laughs> it might not yeah. have looked so good, you know, so it worked, it, it totally worked out. So yeah, I mean, wig prep is really important, especially um, say like the, the, um, the ship wig, it's actually kind of front heavy because it has that where it kind of looks like the, there's a wave coming out of the front of um, the wig. So it likes to kind of tip forward if it's not pinned in properly. Um, so that's one, you know, when I send it out, I like send out the proper, I, I send out these little clips that you pin into because it needs something stronger. Um, so I try to prepare you as much as possible um, for those kind of scenarios when um, when you get the wig, I send that kind of video. And if you're ever in a pinch and, you know, I'm around my phone, you can always call me and be like, what do I do? And I will always do what I can to help out. <laughs> now that's customer service. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. What I'm realizing too, like listening to you is like, it's not like just cause you have a wig, you probably wouldn't have your hairstylist in the studio for the day. You probably need your hairstylist like on hand recommend it yeah yeah. I would I mean because even if they even if they haven't worked with wigs it's still I think like they still are in the the realm of like okay this goes on the head this is like it it might make more logical sense to them Mm -hmm. um just because it's in the same a similar realm that they're used to if that makes sense (laughs) yeah yeah and then um as far as like the wigs as well I'm thinking too that now that I like understand that all that goes into like installing them and prepping the hair, it's not like, or maybe you could, maybe you can answer this. Like, can you do a photo shoot with a client where you have their hair like fabulously styled their real hair and then efficiently still be able to totally change the look up by putting a wig on them? Or is it just too much production getting the hair prepped to get into the wig? Or is it just totally dependent on how much hair that client has? Um, I mean, I think that how much hair the client has can definitely um, change the change on how, you know, how much work it is to change it out. But honestly, like I've never had any trouble with just being able to go from like whatever style they have and throwing a wig on, especially for photos, because you don't have to really even if you just like pull the hair into a low ponytail and you're not, you know, you're not going to be taking any photos of the back of them. It's all mm. going to be from the front. Then you you don't really have to worry about, you know, a, a really good wig prep it, unless it's like a really large wig. That's the only time that it's going to be a little like a different story uh, as far as like it being a little more complicated and you needing to really focus on how the pins are going in so that it doesn't fall off or hurt their neck. (laughs) I've had some models where the wigs are really heavy. And if they're like always trying to lean to one side, then, you know, it's, it's probably going to put a little crick in their neck. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's another question I was going to ask is like, how how heavy are these wigs and, and <laughs> how like much of a, yeah, what do the models how have to put up with? It? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. dancers wear them? Because I remember seeing, I feel like Sarai has dancer shots, but the wigs are like the big sculptural ones. So yeah. like, how does all that work? Yeah, so I, so it, some of them are, I don't know if you remember my pink one that had all the flowers on it. Yes, I love that um, one. The really tall one. <laughs> I <love laughs> yeah, that, that is mine. I, <laughs> I also love that wig. That's like my, probably my favorite wig I've ever made. Um, I no longer own it. <laughs> um, but all of those flowers were made out of hair. So that added quite a bit of weight. Um, and so I think that one weighed around four pounds, which is really heavy on your head. Um, but if I knew somebody was going to be dancing in it or wearing it for a long period of time, I would have never made all the flowers out of hair. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause like silk flowers are a lot lighter than hair, you know, hair is light, but it adds up. And I also like, you know, glued little beads inside all the flowers, which added to even more weight. So, um, so yeah, like that one was really heavy, but then like the ship wig isn't that heavy at all. It's like, you know, it's mostly hair and a little bit of padding inside and the boat, the ship is actually made out of, um, uh, modeling wood. It weighs like, I think like an ounce. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe even like half an ounce. So like, you know, they all vary. So if you tell me like this is going to be like for a runway fashion show, she's going to be wearing it or for a a theatrical production or an all day event, they're going to be wearing this thing for hours. They're going to need to dance. Like I'm definitely going to be taking that into consideration when I create my design and how much it weighs. Mm. So, so these are definitely all things that um, are really also like good information to to give me. And I am generally ask a lot of these questions um, going into it when I'm when I'm doing the consultation, um, just so I know what I'm getting myself into. It also affects cost. So like if you you know, if I'm building a wig cage, that's gonna affect the cost, you know, pretty significantly um, as to where if I'm just using padding. So, Got it. And, so and some of them, too. some of them just have like like something like cushiony basically underneath, and some of them actually mm-hmm. have like a structure to them. Is what you're saying? Like yes. a metal? Yeah. Uh, it. It's mil- Yeah, it is. It's it's made out of millinery wire, and I build it. So like, you give me a shape, and I can build you a shape. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I have like one. Um, I guess it's a wig in my studio, but my. Uh, like one of my hair uh, and makeup artists actually made it for me, but it's actually made out of flowers and it's crazy heavy and we didn't really know what we were doing. And the way we like built it was we got, we got a wig, a troll wig, like a troll doll wig. (laughs) Cause it it had the right shape. And and then we built, like we went to the hardware store. So this is like totally wrong. Just so you know, (laughs) Uh, we went to the hardware store and bought chicken wire and then oh, we sort of nice. like finagled the chicken wire on top and then and then stuck the flowers, the silk flowers wow. all through the chicken wire. But it's very heavy and like 
sometimes it still sits in my studio. I've only used it like four times because it was for a creative shoot. And sometimes I'll get a client who's like, oh, that's really cool. Can I wear it? And I'm always like, (laughs) I don't. No. <laughs> yeah. Can you sign a waiver for me? Yeah. I'm like, I've been told it's really heavy. And there's not like, I, yeah, I just shot it though the other day because my client really wanted to wear it. I was like, okay, girl, it's the end of your shoe. Like, you know, your hair's not going to get messed up if you really want to wear it. And she loved it. But, and, and yeah, so it's just like one of those things where, I didn't know how the proper way to do it was. And when we were doing the chicken wire, I was like, this can't be right. (laughs) (laughs) This can't be the way. I I like, I am having a hard time envisioning. I'm like thinking of a troll wig covered in flowers and chicken wire just sticking out everywhere. I'll send you a picture. Yeah. Like it was inspired because I, I, my favorite painter is Salvador Dali and he has this um, image of like, and he's used this motif a lot where it's like a woman, but her entire head is flowers and there's no face or real head. Um, and that was like what I was originally trying to accomplish. So it is just this <laughs> giant, but you do see a face, but it is like this giant flower head that is, I'm sure, like even more than four pounds. It's ridiculous. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> like that is. I cannot wait to see this. <laughs> but yeah, that was the extent of my somewhat supporting in the arts and crafts. But I didn't fully do the crafts. I just was like, uh, I was like an overseer <laughs> of the crafts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's, I, but you know what? Like, I, I think like there's, I, I hate to say anything's the wrong way. You know, like it did its job. It was, you know, it was for a photo shoot. So like, they don't have to wear it for very long, you know. Now, if we were trying to put that on stage where somebody's going to be dancing or trying to yeah. be some kind of character, we could maybe say it was not done the right way, just just based <laughs> on the weight. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, it's, it's all about, like, did the finished result, you know, did you get what you wanted out of it? Um, so, yeah, I think it's great. I love craftiness. <laughs> and it gets all our ju- creative juices flowing so yeah but that was when I really realized that like oh maybe I do want to make this like investment in a wig because I mean it would be cool to have something that that was a piece like that that could be versatile but wouldn't have to be like this oh my gosh is the model gonna be able to survive wearing it? yeah 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 is a piece of chicken wire gonna pop out and poke her in the <laughs> eye <laughs> It's so funny. It's like, I feel like the way I described it sounds bad, but the chicken wire is hidden. It's just that the chicken wire, I think, is really heavy. It's like adds to the weight of the wind. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, that's why in, you know, a lot of the wig building, we use millinery wire, which is the wire they use it to make hats. Oh. Yeah, so it's, it's lighter weight. Oh, definitely. And you can get it in different gauges. So, like, you know, if I know that I need to try and get something to be as light as possible, I'm probably going to try and get something in the lightest gauge that I can find that's still going to hold structure. Um, so, and I, I did, I learned the hard way um, with actually that pink Marie Antoinette wig um, that I had used the lighter millinery wire because I wanted 
you know, I knew the flowers were going to add weight. So I was trying mm-hmm. to cut some of the weight and, <laughs> and that millinery, that really lightweight millinery wire didn't do quite as well in a suitcase. <laughs> oh, oh man. Cause I don't, when I, when I, you know, bring my, bring wigs with me, for like, you know, the shootout, I'm not shipping them the way I would if somebody bought one, you know, in a box, all like padded out, I'm putting them in a suitcase where I can try and put two or three wigs in and pad it out. And most wigs did great that way. But that pink one, I had ended up having to rebuild it when I got home. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I, I cried a little. <laughs> so Siobhan, I got a few, I'm, I'm bringing a little bit of Vegas back with us for the show. Uh, so when we were in Vegas, we did a, a kind of a segment where it involved a little bit more fun questions, a little bit more stepping away from the business and just kind of see uh, what you as an artist think about, you know, whatever it is that I'm asking. So uh, to, to ask you, uh, what is the wig that you have in your mind that you wish that you want to create, but you're just waiting for a photographer to kind of just like give you that, that opportunity oh my to say, give it to me? Yes. Okay. So (laughs) I, so I saw this picture once and I don't know where I saw it or I don't think it was a painting. I think it was like an actual photo. Maybe even was an advertisement. I couldn't tell you, but there was this photo of this woman dressed very like Marie Antoinette, like this, like very Rococo, like big dress and she's sitting down and she has on a Rococo wig like the like the pink one that we were just talking about but it was like six feet tall and there was a man (laughs) and there was a man on a stepladder styling it like with like you know combs and like like he's like fixing it and she's just like the like sitting there all glorious like it's normal to have six foot tall hair and I remember I like have this like imprinted memory of the when I saw that and this was like when back before I really knew how to build something like that how to build that kind of structure and like I just remember I was like whoa is this something that could actually be done and so and I've ever since I've like been on this journey of of you know becoming more creative and um better at what I do and like understanding structure I one of these days (laughs) I would love to recreate that (laughs) well you did have a I was I was looking through your Instagram you did have a believe a white wig that you had made for a salon that looked fairly tall oh yeah okay that's my christmas tree wig (laughs) i remember that from christmas time seeing yes yes i had lights in it that go along with the um uh, rocking around the christmas tree um yeah so (laughs) um that's if you were to take it off of the the head um i would say it's probably two feet maybe two and a half yeah yeah well you're building towards it we're building towards it yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be two and a half feet. But then the, the mannequin head that it sits on is also very tall. So mm-hmm. I think, like, if you were to take that whole thing, maybe you've got three feet of of a, you know, masterpiece there. Oh, very nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm halfway there, right? Exactly. <laughs> maybe you should shoot higher. Maybe I need to go eight feet. There's, oh, my gosh. <laughs> why, why limit yourself at six? 
I mean, they can always <laughs> hold don't. it up, and they can Photoshop the you know the strings holding it up. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, that it might be what has to happen. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say this is a wig that's taller than me and Kevin standing on top of each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it probably would have to be the kind of thing that like it was built on like some kind of freestanding structure and the model just had to like sit under it. Like the model inserted herself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say one, one more fun question uh, before we have to wrap it up. So in Vegas, you told us that you worked, um, it, with Cirque du Soleil and you did a lot of wigs for them. So what was your favorite show to go ahead and watch in Vegas? Is it a Cirque du Soleil show? Is it a different show? Oh man, that's a great question. And it's, it's a hard one, but I will say Cirque du Soleil is classic. Like if anybody were to go and visit Vegas and they asked me, I would say, go to, go to a Cirque show, go, you know, um, Mystere, that's where all the acrobats, like, like, it's like a true circus show. Um, so yeah, I would say that, but my next favorite is called Absinthe, and it is not for the lighthearted. <laughs> I saw, I saw, um, an ad for that on a taxi, and I wondered what it was, because, um, yeah, I, the, the poster looked very cool, and I was like, ooh, what is this? Yeah. But, I think it was like the day I was leaving, so I didn't research it. Is it? Yeah. What is it? If you ever go back and you are okay with like raunchy comedy, acrobats, and like just chaos, it is definitely like of all the sh- I've seen tons of shows on the strip. It's my favorite one, and you know this this show's been going on for maybe ten years now, and it's basically. <laughs> It's 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 like a variety show. It's got a stage that's like, I don't know, maybe like 15 by 15 round platform in the middle of this circus tent. And there's just characters all over the place, like swinging on swings. And then there's like a comedian in the corner just telling all kinds of like crazy, very inappropriate jokes. And then there's like a mice, like a... Um, you know, a maestro and there's, um, I think a male and female. And then they, and and in between all this, they have these like incredible acrobatic routines that happen in this case. It doesn't even make sense that all of this goes together, but it does. (laughs) It's, It's done very well. And you are never bored. You are always entertained. There's something going on everywhere you look and you're just like oh my how did somebody come up with this this is incredible and hilarious and wow these people might fall on me right now <laughs> well i'm sold I'm, I'm, I'm i'll probably go to that next time around <laughs> yes yeah i highly highly recommend it awesome well siobhan it has been an absolute pleasure having you on with us today we have hit the one hour mark uh, but before we let you go, can you please share where people can find you online? Uh, yeah, so I am on Instagram and Facebook at The Mighty Wig. Um, I also have a website, themightywig.com. And um, yeah, so those would probably be the best places to find me. Awesome. Everyone, please be sure to go follow those different uh, social media links. Uh, and make sure to follow the portrait system on Instagram and on Facebook as well. 
you can also check out our blog posts that are associated with our Clubhouse interviews at suebriceeducation.com forward slash blog. You can follow Ashley on Instagram at Ashley Taylor Portrait. That is A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. And you can find me there as poplight underscore photography. If you are a member of the portrait system and have any more questions for myself, uh, or excuse me, Siobhan, Ashley, or myself, go talk, tag us in a post at the Portrait System members-only Facebook group. And if you are not a member of the Portrait System and you are interested in learning more about how it can help your business succeed, uh, reach out to Ella on our support team by emailing support at suebriceeducation.com. Thank you again for joining us and I hope you can join us next week. Thanks again for listening today. And don't forget, you can listen to either me or our special guests every Friday on Clubhouse at 11 a.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and 8 frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.